Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Three, two, one. But I'm working out. I love to listen to your podcast. Whenever you say something, other people react to it. Taking my breath away, Aaron. Fern Lundquist joins me. Hall of Famer. Jim Calhoun, NASCAR icon Dale Earnhardt Jr. Kirk Herbstreet is on the phone. Here. Welcome in, everybody. We. So five. Yeah. 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 The Sports Podcast. It is Friday, September 23rd, 2022. People, I hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody is having a great day. I hope everybody is ready for the FFE, the Fun Friday edition. Of the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast, here is what you need to know about today's show. I think it's going to be a fun one. I really do. So last couple of weeks, these Friday shows, we preview the week that will be, the weekend that will be in college football. For the most part, the last couple of weeks, we've just done the Texas, Alabama, who do you like? Miami, Texas A&M, who do you like? On and on. This week, I think we'll do something a little bit different. Remember a few weeks ago in the lead up to the college football season, we did college football superlatives almost like that high school yearbook that we all had. We remember the superlatives, right? Most likely to succeed, most likely to be the president, most likely to live in a van down by the river. Whatever it was in your high school, uh, you had them in your yearbook. And we did them for the preseason. And what I want to do is week four college football superlatives for the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast today. So rather than just breaking down Tennessee, Florida, Arkansas, Texas A&M, we're going to do it in a little bit of a different way. You know, upset, that sounds like an upset, but isn't. Um, team that should be favored, but isn't. We'll have some fun with this week four preview. Break it up into two parts. From there, we'll get to our Friday staple, Aaron Wright, Aaron Wrong. You guys and girls love it. Uh, and I cannot wait to get to Aaron Wright, Aaron Wrong, because trust me when I say, I got a lot of stuff wrong this week. Before we get started, a couple quick reminders. First of all, thank you again to our presenting sponsor, Betfred Sportsbook and the Betfred app. Listen, I've told you their story before. I'm going to tell you again. I love working with them, but Betfred has a great story. 1967, started in the UK. They now have over 1,600 shops in the UK, one of the most reputable and trusted names in sports betting overseas. They have come to the United States, and they are making big waves. They are the presenting sponsor, gambling sponsor of the Cincinnati Bengals. If you saw Joe Burrow's press conferences earlier this week, you saw a Betfred logo in the background. Uh, also, Denver Broncos, Colorado Rockies. And the thing that I love about working with Betfred, they take care of their betters and their customers in a way that no sportsbook does. And I truly mean it. Uh, by the way, one of the other, when they came to the United States, I said they wanted to go big. Uh, they, they signed up with AT Media. So we appreciate their support. But why I'm working with them is exactly what I just said. It is because nobody takes care of their partners better than Betfred, okay? As I've told you before, Denver Broncos, they had a tailgate outside of the Broncos home opener last week. It was awesome. I saw pictures. I saw videos. I saw this. I saw that. Really, really, really cool. Uh, same at the Cincinnati Bengals games. And on top of that, they've had bar crawls. They had a bar crawl in Arizona last week for the Arizona Cardinals game. So nobody takes care of you like Betfred. So excited to be working with them. And here's the great part. Not only do they put, not only do they say they take care of people, they do. Two quick announcements, two quick things that you need to know as a listener of the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. One, first of all, they have a bet 50, get 250 bet for any, uh, any new user of the Betfred Sportsbook, right? So you pick any game you want, pro, college, small school, big school, power five, NFL, Dallas Cowboys, New York Giants, whoever, 
bet 50, get 250. That is for any new user. And then a reminder, every Saturday, we have the Aaron Torres boost in the Betfred Sportsbook app. Last week, it was Washington minus three and a half. I told you to bet Washington minus three and a half. It covered with ease. Betfred betters got it at plus 110. So go to the Betfred Sportsbook app. My boost will come out. I know what it's going to be. I'll tell you by the end of this show, but it's going to cash again. Betfred Sportsbook, tell them Torres sent you. We love working with them. Really quickly before we move on, I also want to remind you, Bracket Fanatics, they are doing a season-long NFL pick them with Aaron Torres pot, okay? So what's great about this, there are $100 weekly winners. We already have two of those early in the season. Last week, it was Reno Gambler. We want to give a quick shout-out to Reno Gambler this past week in week two. By the way, you know who finished in second place? Your boy Torres finished in second place. But I do want to acknowledge uh, the fact that we are through week two of the NFL season, and I do want to acknowledge our week two winner of the Aaron Torres NFL Pick'em Challenge for week two, Betfred Sports, Federal Thrash. Federal Thrash got 13 out of 16 picks right. I mean, you talk about someone that was on absolute fire in week two. It started with the, the Kansas City Chiefs over the, the Los Angeles Chargers. He picked both Monday night games, Bills over Titans, Eagles over Vikings. Uh, he got a bunch of other ones right. Cardinals, Raiders, Broncos, Texans, Rams, Falcons, 49ers over the Seahawks, Jets over the Browns. So credit to Federal Thrash, our week two winner. Remember, here's the great part about this Betfred NFL pick, or this, uh, excuse me, Bracket Fanatics NFL Pick'em Challenge. Here is the great part. We have $100 weekly winners. We have a $1,000 season-long cash prize. So it is never too late to enter. You can always enter to win the $100 weekly rewards. And of course, you're entered to win the $1,000 season-long cash prize. We're taking new users every single week. What you want to do, go to bracketfanatics.com. Join Bracket on the homepage. The Bracket name is Torres, T-O-R-R-E-S. Congratulations to Federal Thrash, our week two winner. And it is not too late to sign up for week three. Also, if you're already signed up, make sure to make your picks for week three as well. With that said, though, let's get to the topic of the day, okay? Let's get to the topic of the day. And look, as I told you, the last couple of weeks, first of all, I cannot believe that we are in week four of the college football season, okay? Week four of college football is here. Cannot believe that we have gotten here already. Conference games are starting up, SEC, Pac-12, Big Ten, Big 12, so much really good football this weekend. And what I want to do is, rather than just do the cliche, as I said a minute ago, Texas is playing Bama. Who do you like, Torres? Well, as great as I am, that does get a little bit boring sometimes. And so what I wanted to do is do something a little bit different. I want to do superlatives. I want to look at all of these games from a little bit of a different angle give you my preview without just kind of lining up games and tell you who's going to win and who's going to lose. So we're going to start with all sorts of good stuff. We're going to do the, the wrong team is favored special of the week. We are going to do the, uh, you know, I have no idea what the heck is going to happen. So I'm just going to watch and enjoy game of the week, a bunch of different superlatives. So let's get into it. What we're going to start with is exactly what I just said. The wrong team is favored special of the week. And I am going to go with Texas A&M. They are a one-and-a-half-point favorite in the Betfred Sportsbook against Arkansas in the Southwest Classic. And I'm just going to tell you straight up, I do think the wrong team is favored. And listen, this isn't going to be a crush Jimbo Fisher session, and this isn't going to be a throw rose petals at the feet of Arkansas session, okay? Listen, Texas A&M is 2-1, and one, uh, easily could be 3-0, and oh, weird game against App State. They did deserve to lose. Don't want to take it away from App State. But they could be 3-0. and oh. Arkansas has not been pretty in all of their games. Dominated South Carolina two weeks ago. They played Missouri State, coached by Bobby freaking Petrino last week, and easily could have lost this game, lost that game. And so why I bring it up is this is just not the whole Texas A&M stinks, Arkansas is awesome, woo pig suey, blah, blah, blah. That's not what we're doing here. But at the same time, why I think the wrong team is favored, Texas A&M, again, a one-and-a-half-point favorite, it's a simple, what do I say on a lot of these Friday shows? Styles make fights, and I think the style advent the style stylistically goes to Arkansas. Yes, the style stylistically. I know I just said that. It goes to Arkansas, and here's why. 
With Arkansas, the thing that stands out to me, we're now in week four. We're going to be through a third of the college football season by the end of this weekend, okay? And so why I bring it up is because we are at the point of the year where I think we're starting to really get a feel for a lot of these teams, who they are, how they play, all that good stuff. We don't know about everybody, and we're going to talk about that in the next game. But we know a lot about a lot of these teams. And the one thing I think we know about Arkansas, they do one thing really well, and they do one thing really not well. The one thing that they do really well, they run the crap out of the football. They are a top 10 rush offense. Rocket Sanders has been awesome. He's fourth in the country in rushing yardage, 440 yards in three games, 6.7 yards per carry. They run the crap out of the ball. And I've said it a million times, but I'll say it one more, you know, forgive me. Sam Pittman, I have so much respect for him because he has established what the Arkansas brand of football is while he's going to be the head coach. That brand is we are going to run the ball right at you and we're going to make you stop us. And we think we are just going to beat you up at the line of scrimmage and physically attack you. Okay. And so the one thing that Arkansas does really well is run the ball right at you. Well, Texas A&M, their run defense hasn't been very good this year. 83rd nationally in rushing defense. Miami last week, they lost in Kyle Field in College Station, but it wasn't because they couldn't run the ball. Five yards per carry for Miami. And really, when you look at the offensive stats, if you watch the game, Miami was able to move the ball. They just did not capitalize in the red zone. So that's part of it. Arkansas does something really well, and I'm not sure Texas A&M can stop it. Then there's the flip side. Arkansas does something really poorly, and I'm not sure Texas A&M can take advantage. And that's that Arkansas cannot stop the pass. Literally have the last ranked, 131st out of 131 teams in pass defense. Not blaming the coaches, not blaming the players. They just can't stop anybody. And Bobby Petrino and the Missouri State Bears came into Fayetteville, Arkansas last week and threw the ball all over the field, okay? The problem is Texas A&M, is Texas A&M the team that can expose it? Now, Arkansas plays Bryce Young in Alabama next week. That could be a different story. Arkansas is going to play Jackson Dart and Ole Miss in a few weeks. That could be a problem. But is Texas A&M really the team to do it? I'm just not sure that they can ex expose Arkansas. You look at last week. Yes, I understand that Max Johnson replaced Haynes King as the starting quarterback for Texas A&M. But if you watch the game, you know what happened. Max Johnson really didn't throw the ball all that well. 140 yards passing on the day. That's not going to get the job done. Not against even a bad Arkansas secondary like the one that we're going to see on Saturday. Now, it is worth noting. AM does get back those two five-star receivers that were out last week. Evan Stewart, the number one rated wide receiver in last year's high school class, the Marshall kid. So they'll both be back. I'm just not sure. Again, there's one thing that Arkansas does really well, and there's one thing they do poorly. And I'm not sure that AM can stop what Arkansas does well and what AM can do poorly. So the point I'm trying to make, I do believe that Arkansas is the rightful, I think they're going to win the game. I think the wrong team is favored. Texas A&M is a one-and-a-half-point favorite in the Betfred Sportsbook. You're allowed to disagree with me, but that's the first superlative. The wrong team is favored special of the week. It is Texas A&M and Arkansas. I think Arkansas is going to win this game. Let's keep it going with the exact opposite. This, The last game I said, this is how it's going to go down. The next one is the I have no idea what the heck is going to happen, so I'm just going to enjoy it game of the week, and that is Florida traveling to Tennessee. I've said it many. If you listen to the Aaron Torres pod, I've said this for like five years. Favorite random rivalry. Because when I was a kid, Peyton Manning played for Tennessee. Danny Werfel played for Florida. And these two teams were top five in the country every year. And this was in the pre-forget college football playoff era. This was the pre-BCS era where you lose one game. Even if you won them all, it didn't really matter. But if you lose one game, you're not competing for the SEC. You're not going to the Orange Bowl. You're not going to the Sugar Bowl. You're not doing anything. And so this was always such a huge game. I've always enjoyed this game. But I'll be honest, I have no idea what to expect. Tennessee, a 10.5-point favorite in the Betfred Sportsbook. I'll tell you this, even Tennessee fans are like, that feels like a lot of points. But what, I, what stands out to me about this game and why this is the I have no idea what the heck is going on, so I'm just going to enjoy it game of the week, it's because this is one of the games where I don't think we actually know very much about either of these teams, right? 
I think we know about Arkansas. I think we know about a and I think we know about, say, Auburn's not very good. I think we know about Georgia's awesome. I think we know about USC's going to score points on everybody and they're going to give up points on everybody. I don't really think we know much about either of these teams, okay? So when it comes to this game, the one thing that stands out, we do know a few things. We know Tennessee's going to throw the crap out of the ball. Top five nationally in passing offense. Hen and Hooker, I saw this stat. Credit Peter Burns, SEC Network. 42 touchdowns, two interceptions for Hendon Hooker since he took over as Tennessee's quarterback. That is insane. 42 touchdowns, two interceptions since he became the starter at Tennessee. Um, and so we know that about Tennessee. What we don't really know, though, is how good Florida's secondary is. Because Florida statistically is very good against the pass. But as they always say, there are lies, there are damn lies, and there are statistics. Well, you look at Florida, and here's my question. Is the secondary any good, or have they just played really bad pass offenses? Because Cam Rising, Utah, threw the ball pretty well. Florida found a way to win. Will Levis, not Levis, because I called him Levis. Kentucky fans get mad. Will Levis, Kentucky, they played a very conservative game plan. He barely passed for 200 yards. They weren't even trying to pass the ball against Florida. And then last week, Gary Bohannon, same thing, South Florida, not really a passer, 116 yards passing. And so I bring it up because with this game, I guess what I'm trying to tell you is I don't really know if Florida can stop Tennessee. Maybe somebody out there does. Maybe there is somebody who has a big, bold, strong opinion on how this game is going to go down. I just don't know that I know enough about Florida's secondary to know if they can stop Tennessee. At the same time, we do know some stuff about Florida's offense relative to Tennessee's defense, and Tennessee's defense I think we have questions about as well. From the Florida perspective, I think we know they're pretty good running the ball, and I think we know Anthony Richardson is not Cam Newton, is not Vince Young, and is a really good athlete who's still learning how to play the quarterback position. This stat is kind of incredible. We're through three games in the season, a quarter of the way through the year. Anthony Richardson does not have a touchdown pass, and he really hasn't run the ball all that well either since that Utah game. 108 yards rushing against Utah. Then he follows it up with, what was it, uh, 28 yards over the last two games rushing. So I said it after the Florida game. I said, I wonder what happens when the tape is out on Anthony Richardson and it becomes clear that if you just do not let him beat you with your legs, then you're going to be able to beat Florida. Well, that's what Kentucky did. That's what South Florida did. It almost allowed South Florida to get the victory last week. So, Florida is really struggling to pass the ball, but they have run the ball effective. As I said, Anthony Richardson, 100-plus yards in his opening game against uh, Utah. And then last week, a kid named Montrell Johnson, not Montel Jordan. I almost said Montel Jordan, which is the guy Friday night and the mood is not that guy. Montrell Johnson had 100 yards rushing last week. And so Tennessee's kind of the same deal. Statistically, they have a pretty good rush defense. I just don't know how good they are um, because I haven't seen them against a real rush defense, or against a real team. Obviously, if you've been following Tennessee this year, I know they took care of Pitt. That was a close, weird game at Heinz Field. Credit to Tennessee for finding a way to win in overtime. The two other games they played, Akron and Ball State. I guess what I'm trying to tell you, I just don't know enough about them to feel really good. Total stay away to me. Tennessee, a 10.5 point favorite in the Betfred Sportsbook. Finally, last one, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back and preview some other games. But this is my how the heck is the point spread the way that it is game of the week. It is Notre Dame at North Carolina. North Carolina, open. this game actually opened as a pick. North Carolina is now up to one and a half. I think North Carolina is a touchdown better than Notre Dame. Okay, so I'm just going to throw my cards on the table. First of all, this will be, if you go to the Betfred Sportsbook on Saturday, this will be the Aaron Torres boost. You can get North Carolina minus one and a half at plus 110 odds. Play alongside with me. But what I'm just going to tell you about this game, I'm going to call a spade a spade. North, Notre Dame is not good. Notre Dame is not good. And you know how I know they're not good? I mentioned this on the college football betting show earlier this week. I know they're not good because they were in position to make the playoff last year. And Brian Kelly left and said, I'm out. If Brian Kelly thought that team was good enough to go to the playoff and compete for a championship, or he had a team good enough coming back this year to compete for a championship, he wouldn't have left for LSU, but he knew what he had on that roster 
and he knew he did not have a national championship team. And so it's coming to fruition this year where a couple things stand out on Notre Dame. The offense is not good. I told you two, three weeks ago, everyone was freaking out against in the Marshall game. They don't have NFL dudes at the positions that you need to win at the highest levels in college football. What Brian Kelly did at Notre Dame, and this is important, Brian Kelly figured out the blueprint to win specifically at Notre Dame. We can't recruit elite edge rushers. We can't recruit elite wide receivers, corners, skill position guys. What we can do, though, is recruit elite offensive linemen and run the crap out of the football. Well, now the offensive line is struggling. They're down to their backup quarterback. How about this for a stat? They rank 114th in total offense this year. That is behind Texas A&M. So think about the Texas A&M team that everybody is criticizing. Notre Dame's offense has been worse through three games. On top of that, the defense, Marcus Freeman, that was supposed to be the X factor. Um, Yeah, that defense isn't very good either. Middle of the pack nationally, 53rd in the country in total defense. And I know they played Ohio State in week one. Here's the problem. They gave up over 300, almost 400 yards to Marshall a week later. And so I look at this Notre Dame team. They're bad on offense. They're not as good as they were on defense. So what are they? What they are is not a very good team. And what I would say about Notre Dame, I believe that any team that can put up somewhere in the neighborhood of 24 to 27 points, Notre Dame can't keep up, even against a bad defense like North Carolina. And I just don't think they're going to be able to keep up. North Carolina, by the way, for people who do not know, their starting quarterback, Drake May, that's Luke May, the North Carolina basketball player's brother, 11 touchdowns, one interception this year. And it's also worth noting this, North Carolina is coming off a bye. North Carolina is at home for the first time since week zero. And I think North Carolina wins this game going away. That is the Aaron Torres boost in the Betfred Sportsbook. Download the Betfred app right now. Join your boy Torres, because I'm telling you, that's the best bet of the weekend. All right, this is what we're going to do. When we come back, we're going to preview the rest of week four. We're going to get to Ohio State, Wisconsin, Clemson, Wake Forest. A couple other games. Trying to think of what else is on the schedule. Minnesota, Michigan State, a one I'm fascinated by. Take a quick break. We're going to come back. Take a quick break. Be right back. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, everybody, I'm back. Good to be back. Good to be back. Let's get to the rest of the week four slate with the week four college football superlatives. Next up, I'm going to tell you a game. I am fascinated by this game. Now, some of you are going to be, oh, it's boring, big turn, blah, 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 blah. I'm just telling you, I'm intrigued. Let me have my moment, okay? So this game we are calling the it sounds like an upset but if it happens, won't be special of the week. And for that, we head to the beautiful city of East Lansing, Michigan, where Michigan State, coming off an 11-win season, is a three-point underdog to P.J. Flex, Minnesota Golden Gophers. And so it will sound like an upset if Minnesota 
pulls off the win here, but it will not be according to the Betfred Sportsbook and all of the betters. And let me just say this, a couple of things. First of all, can we stop with the PJ Flex slander, okay? I get that he says stuff that you don't like or it sounds weird or cliches or whatever, blah, 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 blah. Here's what I'm here to tell you. If this guy isn't one of the five best coaches in college football, maybe, maybe not five, 10 best coaches in college football, I don't know who is, okay? This guy in the last two non-COVID seasons, Went nine and four last year, 11 and two the year before that. Okay. At Minnesota, I looked it up today. They are three and oh. If they improve to four and oh this weekend, they'll be four and oh. They will be, if my math is correct, that would be what, 15 and six, something like that. I looked it up. He would be winning 80% of his games in non COVID years dating back to the beginning of the 2019 season. Okay. That is at the University of Minnesota at a time when I would argue the Big Ten, maybe not as good as it's ever been, but certainly the resources, facilities are as good as it's ever been. The money being poured into these programs is as good as it's ever been. P.J. Fleck has Minnesota operating at a level that I have never seen before, okay? So one, let's stop with the P.J. Fleck slander. Two, what I would say about P.J. Fleck is the same thing I just said about Sam Pittman a minute ago. I respect a coach whose team's have an identity, okay? What I don't like is the Scott Frost, the this, the that. One, one week we're trying to do this, the next week we're trying to do that. Then we're great on defense, but we can't score the next week. And PJ Flex teams do a couple things very well and very consistently well. They run the ball really effectively. They play good defense and they control the clock. And PJ Fleck, I, I've never talked to him about this. I, I know him a little bit. I interviewed him a few years ago. But I believe that he has built what he believes. He believes this is the best way for him to win at Minnesota. He's not going to get five-star athletes. He's not going to get Georgia's receivers and corners and safeties and running backs. And so the way to win in the Big Ten, in the cold weather of Minneapolis, is to run the ball, control the clock, slow down games, and that's exactly what he's doing. Coming into this game, these are some incredible stats that I don't think a lot of people realize. Minnesota actually ranks number two. How about this? Number two in rush offense. In other words, there's only one team running the ball better than Minnesota. That is Air Force, who basically runs it on every single play. Minnesota is also, on top of being number two in rushing offense, they are number two in total defense. So they're ahead of Georgia right now, Michigan right now, Alabama right now, Wisconsin right now, Ohio State right now. And I know they haven't played anybody, but I'm just saying they are running the ball really well. They are playing really good defense. And I think this is important as well. They are number one in time of possession, averaging about 39 minutes and 56 seconds, almost 40 minutes of game time. They have the ball. And so they know who they are. They know what they do well. And that's where I think it's going to give Michigan State problems this week, okay? You look at this Michigan State team. I don't think they're very good. I go back to what I said in the preseason about Michigan State. It's no disrespect to Mel Tucker. I understand why you had to give him that big, crazy contract last year. But this was a guy that had won like 14 games when he got $90 million guaranteed. And what we saw last week is that this is still a team that is very much a work in progress. Remember last year, they had the worst pass defense in college football. It's a little bit better, but they got exposed in a big way by Washington. They are not running the ball quite as well, at least not last week against Washington, which is concerning because that's what they did well last year. And Peyton Thorne, their quarterback, is up and down, completing about 63% of his passes, was really good last week. But the first two weeks, he's turning the ball over. And so what did I tell you a minute ago? Minnesota knows who they are. Minnesota knows what they do well and knows what they don't do well. I don't know that Michigan State knows who they are or knows what they do well and don't do well right now. I think they thought the secondary was improved until last week. I think they thought they ran the ball well until last week. I think they were a little questionable on the quarterback until last week. And so when I look at this Michigan State team, I don't think they know what they're getting from their guys. I know exactly what I'm getting from Minnesota. This opened as a pick in the Betfred Sportsbook. I like Minnesota as a three-point road favorite to go to East Lansing, get the win. Shout out P.J. Fleck, row the boat. Don't listen to the haters. Minnesota's good. Minnesota's going to be really good. They're going to win a lot of games this year. Let's keep it going with the college football superlatives. 
And this is what we're going to call the, we're going to learn a lot about this playoff contender part one. This is the Wisconsin Ohio State game. And I specifically want to talk about it from the Ohio State perspective. Ohio State is an 18 and a half point favorite. So I don't think anybody thinks Wisconsin's going to win. I'm not going to sit here and try to make the case on why Wisconsin's going to win. But why I think we're going to learn about Ohio State is the following. Ohio State's offense is on a roll. Right now, they are number one in the country in total offense. If you missed it last week, they put up 77 points against Toledo. I'm not making that up. 77. 77 points against Toledo, okay? I haven't done the math yet, but I think there's probably about 30 teams in college football that haven't scored 77 points. Texas A&M might not score 77 points all year. But where I'm talking, where I'm concerned about Ohio State, or concern is not the right word, but one, remember, this offense did not look good against Notre Dame, and I do think that's important. Notre Dame, as we now know, is not very good. And so the fact that Ohio State didn't look good, are they that improved in two weeks? Or are they just not good and they've played really poor competition, including Notre Dame, where they didn't even look good? The other reason I think this is really intriguing, Wisconsin is really good defensively, really exceptionally good defensively. Remember, last year when Georgia won the national championship, and we all spent all year talking about Georgia's defense, they're historically great, and they were. You know who finished at number one in total offense? It was Wisconsin. Fast forward to this year, and they're doing the exact same thing. They're in the top 20 in every major category. And I'm just telling you, this Wisconsin defense, we'll find out. Ohio State still obviously has to play Penn State. They still have to play Michigan. I think this Wisconsin defense could end up being the best defense that Ohio State plays all year. And because of it, that's why I'm calling this the we're going to learn a lot about this playoff contender because I don't think we really know a lot about Ohio State yet. And so, look. If they win this game 51-3, to then yeah, watch out. Ohio State might be on that Georgia, maybe Alabama level going into the middle of the season. If they win this game 14-3, to then it's probably pretty clear that they probably just beat up on really bad teams in the middle of the schedule, out of conference schedule, and they're not quite as good as we thought. I think we're going to learn a lot about Ohio State this weekend. Cannot wait to watch this one. Let's keep it going. With part two of we're going to learn a lot about this playoff contender. And that's Clemson playing at Wake Forest. Clemson is a seven-point favorite. Wake Forest is ranked. For people who don't pay attention to ACC football, one, you're not alone. Two, coming into this weekend, there are only a couple of top top, top 25. I don't know why I tripped over my numbers there. Top 25 matchups. One of them is Clemson at number 21, Wake Forest. And so why I believe we're going to learn about this game is because we're going to learn if Clemson, do they need to make the quarterback change or not? And what's so fascinating to me about the Clemson situation, we've talked about DJ. I don't need to go over every little detail. But one thing that stands out to me, his numbers do look better this year. DJ Uyangalale, the quarterback at Clemson. But if you really dig deep, they're not really that much better. Game one, he struggled against Georgia Tech. Last week against Louisiana Tech, 17 of 29, 58% completion percentage. That doesn't sound like a very good quarterback. His stats are right now being very much buoyed and kind of elevated, if you will, by a game against Furman in which he completed 21 of 27 passes for 231 yards. So I'm not sold on him having turned the corner. But what's interesting to me, Dabo Sweeney does not appear to have fully committed to Cade Klubnick, the backup quarterback, either. We talked about this after week one. Would Dabo make the switch to the highly touted five-star quarterback? Well, so far, he's only put in the the, the five-star kid, Klubnik, late in games that are already blowouts. And why that's interesting to me, if you remember the Trevor Lawrence season, dating back two, three, four years ago, whatever it was, early in the year, Dabo was throwing Trevor Lawrence in the fire. Now, he didn't start until week five, but prior to that, Trevor Lawrence was getting in the game in the second quarter, first quarter, second series, third series. Cade Klubnik has not done that. And so now they're going to play a Wake Forest team that isn't very good defensively, but I would note is very good offensively, especially throwing the football. And so you look at this Wake Forest defense, they've given up a lot of points over the last couple weeks. They played Vanderbilt two weeks ago, gave up 25 points. Last week, they gave up 36 to Hugh Freeze's Liberty Flames. And it just so happened that, uh, oh, by the way, Liberty turned the ball over four times. 
And had Liberty not turned over the ball, Wake Forest probably wins that game, or excuse me, Liberty probably wins that game over Wake Forest. So you can move the ball on this Wake Forest team, and Clemson better move the ball. If Clemson has a game where they win this game 14-13, to 13, and they finish with whatever, 206 yards of total offense, that is a terrible sign and a concerning sign. So that is a fascinating thing to watch. I will be intrigued. We're going to learn a lot about Clemson this week. All right, there's a couple other games that I, I am intrigued by. I'll just tell you, you know, a lot of money coming in on Oregon State as a five-and-a-half-point favorite against USC. Talked about USC earlier this week. Bama's playing Vanderbilt. You know, there's a couple other games, but I think that's going to be good enough for the week four preview, the superlatives. I do hope you guys enjoyed it because I had fun. I, I really thought it was a fun and different way to preview the week four slate. And so I appreciate you guys and girls for listening and enjoying because it was fun. This is what we will do, though. We will take a quick break. We will get to Aaron Wright, Aaron Wrong, my favorite segment of the week, uh, and we'll wrap the show. And I have a feeling we're going to have a good weekend in college football. I have a feeling we're going to have a good, good, good weekend to react to on Monday's show. But what we'll do is we'll start by taking a quick break. We'll come back. We'll do Aaron Wright, Aaron Wrong, and we'll get out of here for the weekend. Take a quick break. Be right back. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, everybody. I'm back. Good to be back. Good to be back. Final segment of the show. So good to be back. And I do want to wrap as we do every Friday with what has quickly become America's favorite podcast segment where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong. Concept of the segment, it is pretty straightforward. I've told you for weeks. I've told you for months. Uh, I did steal from my buddy Colin Cowherd. Colin does where Colin was right, where Colin was wrong. Don't anyone, don't want anybody ever saying Torres took that bit. Yeah, I did take the bit. It's because it's a funny bit. It's an awesome bit. And we wrap every Friday with it for one pretty simple reason. It is because over the course of a week and a month and a year and five years, Nobody gives out more sports opinions than your boy Torres. And when I get stuff right, I love to brag and tell you how great I am. And Torres tried to tell you. Just one problem. I get a lot of stuff wrong, too. And so that's why we do where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong, to wrap every Friday show, to acknowledge that, yeah, I am kind of smart. And some of the stuff I say ends up working out right. But, oh, I get plenty of stuff wrong, too. Let's get into it. Friday edition, where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong. Where Aaron was right. Did you see my Oklahoma Sooners on Saturday? Okay, so if you listen to the Aaron Torres podcast, and you obviously do, that's how you're hearing the segment, right? Uh, but if you listen to the Aaron Torres podcast, you know that over the offseason, I really trumpeted up Oklahoma. I said, look, yes, you never want to lose a coach the caliber of Lincoln Riley, but I thought that this was almost a perfect fit once the dust settled. Right now, the day or two after Lincoln Riley left, did I freak out and say it's over for Oklahoma? Yeah, I probably did. But then Brent Venables came in. He closed the 2022 recruiting class really strongly. He moved into 20, the, the, the spring and summer of 2022, and he cleaned up in the transfer portal as well. Brought in Dylan Gabriel, the quarterback from Central Florida. And I said, look out for Oklahoma, because I believe that they will still be able to move the ball with this kid, Dylan Gabriel, as quarterback. Just because you didn't watch him in Central Florida doesn't mean he wasn't awesome. And I think the defense is going to be much improved now with Brent Venables as the head coach. Well, fast forward, Saturday afternoon in Lincoln, a lot of people thought post-Scott Frost they could keep things close. Uh, no, not at all. Final score, Oklahoma 49, Nebraska 14 in Lincoln, Nebraska. What was interesting about this game, if you watch closely, Nebraska scored the first touchdown of the game. Nebraska scored the last touchdown of the game, which means that Oklahoma went on a 49 to nothing run 
in the middle of this game. It is a testament to who this program is. The defense looks much improved, and the offense does, does appear that it didn't miss a beat. 580 yards passing, 200, or 580 yards of total offense, 268 yards passing. Dylan Gabriel looks awesome. 312 yards on the ground led to Nebraska's defensive coordinator getting fired. That's how bad it got. I love this Oklahoma team. Obviously, some of the dynamics have changed since the preseason. Georgia looks a little bit better than we thought on and on. The point being, this Oklahoma team, I believe, will not only get to the playoff, but have a chance to potentially win a game once they get there. Where Aaron was wrong. So let's go to the opposite end of Oklahoma, and that's the guy that left Lincoln Riley. And look, like I just said, when Lincoln Riley got hired by USC, I mean, I, like everybody, was like, oh, this is incredible. Like, we all thought Lincoln Riley, if he ever left Oklahoma, it was going to be the NFL, it was going to be the Cowboys. The fact that another college job was able to get this guy, it was unbelievable. But what I also said at the time, I said, everybody pump the brakes. Everybody take a deep breath. Because as good as he is, this USC program is in major rebuild mode. They went four and eight last year, lost a bunch of guys. As I told you on Monday's show, uh, 26 players out of the transfer portal were added, another eight, nine players out of the high school ranks. When you turn over 40% of your roster, it is going to take time. Apparently, unless you're Lincoln Riley. Because in three weeks, this program looks unbelievable. It looks like they basically just took Oklahoma from Norman, plopped them down in L.A., and they have not missed a beat. Offensively, they're one of the top 10 offenses in the country. But defensively, as I said the other day, I don't think they're as bad as people think, okay? Yes, they give up a lot of yards. But as their star, I guess it was uh, Shane Lee, I believe their linebacker said, just because we give up a lot of yards doesn't mean we're giving up a lot of points. Now, as I told you a few days ago, I don't know that I'd print that up on a T-shirt and sell it, but at the same time, they're number one in the country in turnover margin. They're top 10 in red zone defense. Now, I do think they're going to have some troubles with Oregon State this weekend, but they're 3-0. and They're cruising. I believe USC is ahead of schedule, and I was dead wrong on that. Where Aaron was right. Okay, so let's go back about, what, two years, two and a half years to when Brian Harson was hired at Auburn. I said it doesn't make sense. I said sometimes, you know, I I just mentioned this bit I stole from Colin Cowherd. Colin says this all the time. Just say it out loud. Sometimes when you just say stuff out loud, you scratch your head and say, hmm, I don't know about that. Well, let's talk through Brian Harson out loud, something that I did when he was hired. Not from the South. Spent one year in the SEC footprint at Arkansas State, but mostly spent his entire career at Boise. Has never recruited in the SEC, has never coached in the SEC. I'm sorry. Forgive me. That is not the traditional blueprint of the guy that comes into the SEC and killed it. I know that Nick Saban did it. I know that Urban Meyer did it. But there is an exception to every rule, and I was hesitant on Brian Harson. At the same time, while I was hesitant, I had all these people in the media, including people I like, by the way. I can't remember everybody. I do remember going on my buddy Jay Boy, uh, Jake Crane, his show. And Jay Boy, no, this is the guy that we need, blah, 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 blah. And I'm not criticizing Jake because everybody had that opinion. And I said, I get that they need structure and discipline and Gus Malzahn's probably not the right guy. I'm just not sure a guy from Boise state who has spent one year in the sec footprint uh, is the right guy either. Well, fast forward to last Saturday and they got absolutely pumped by Penn state. You factor in the fact that they lost five straight games to end last season with the fact that they're two and one this year. Uh, So what is that? I'm not great at math, but that is two and six in their last eight 0-6 against their last power five group of whatever opponents, okay? Their only wins over that stretch are Mercer and San Jose State. I feel bad for Brian Harson. I feel bad for a lot of what happened. But at the end of the day, he has nobody to blame but himself. He knew what the job was about, uh, and he knew what was at stake going into this offseason. To not have his team ready to go for Penn State, it shows me that this just isn't the guy for the job, like I told you two years ago. Where Aaron was wrong. We're going to find out if I'm really wrong on this, but it looks like I was wrong on Jim Harbaugh. Because if you remember in the offseason, Jim Harbaugh went and interviewed for the Minnesota Vikings head coaching job on National Signing Day. And what I said was, it's going to be tough to win back the locker room and the coaching staff after you do that. Now, to a degree, I was right. A few days later, Josh Gaddis, the offensive coordinator, leaves for Miami. But for the most part, the staff stayed in place. And for the most part, Michigan appears to not have missed a beat, okay? Now, look, I know they've played some bad teams. I know the schedule so far has been Colorado State, Hawaii, UConn. 
I would argue Hawaii might be the worst team in college football. UConn, my alma mater, was down to their backup quarterback, down their top two running backs and top three wide receivers by the end of that game last week. It doesn't change the fact, though, that through three games, Michigan is outscoring teams 116 to 17, okay? And so we're going to find out more about them. They play Maryland this week. Obviously, then the Big Ten schedule really ramps up starting at Iowa next Saturday. But at the same time, they look just as good as last year. I think they might even have a little bit more upside with J.J. McCarthy now at quarterback. Yes, I was the guy that said Harbaugh's going to struggle to rein back in that locker room, and it appears as though that team is bought in. They look awesome. Credit to Jim Harbaugh. Where Aaron was right. All right, so did you hear what the Pac-12 commissioner, George Klyovkov, said earlier this week? He was on a podcast, uh, John Wilner and John Canzano asked about the future of the Pac-12, and what he said was basically this. He said, look, we feel great about where we are. If any, if the Big Ten wanted any team that they don't have, they would have them by now. Nobody is going anywhere. Now, on the one hand, Kanzan, or, uh, excuse me, Klyovkov kind of said that like two weeks before the USC-UCLA news broke. At the same time, though, that's what I've been telling you for a while, and increasingly I believe that this Pac-10 is going to stay together and then maybe add some pieces from there. The bottom line is, as I've been telling you, if, if, if realignment is going to continue to happen, it has to be a group of schools that change the dynamics and change the TV money for the other now 16 schools in the Big Ten. USC does that. UCLA does that. I'm sorry, but Oregon, Washington, Cal, Stanford do not. Don't tell me about market size. It's about the number of people you can get to a TV. USC does that to a smaller degree. UCLA does. Texas and Oklahoma do that. That's why the SEC wanted them. I'm sorry. Oregon really doesn't. Washington really doesn't. Not enough to change a TV contract to the point that the Big Ten would want them. Could things change over time? Of course. Is there still a late night window that the Big Ten could sell as a TV contract? Absolutely. Will they eventually probably add West Coast teams because it's going to be hard on travel for USC and UCLA? I think so. But right now, I'm telling you, if the Big Ten wanted these teams, they would have them. I think I'm going to be dead right on that after George Klyovkov, their commissioner, said that. Where Aaron was wrong. All right, so I'll just say this. Uh, the day that they announced the 12-team college football playoff, um, you know, I, I was pretty, I guess you would say, sour on the whole idea. I did an emergency pod, blah, 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 blah. Some of you probably listened. Maybe some of you did it because it was the Friday of a holiday weekend. But at the same time, I was just like, eh, I don't know. Well, fast forward, and I'm starting to come around on it. And I thought Greg Sankey said something interesting about it. He said, um, what did he say? I'm trying to find the exact quote here that I liked. He said, we've excluded the West Coast and everything west of the Rockies for all but two years. We want college football to be strong nationally. And I think that's a responsibility that we all have. Well, what I would say about that is now that we've started to get more details on college football playoff expansion, I'm starting to think that it probably is the best thing for the sport. Okay, I wasn't in favor of it because ultimately I do think that I kind of thought it's going to be okay. It's going to be five teams from the SEC, four teams from the Big Ten, and then one or two other teams. But now that I know that we have six conference champions in addition to six automatic bids, or six, uh, six um, at-large bids, excuse me, I, I, I'm starting to like it. Now, will I love it if, say, you know, take Michigan last year, they beat Ohio State, and then they got to play them in the playoff later? I don't think that's fair. I don't think if, you know, Alabama beats Georgia, whatever. Like, the point I'm trying to make, it's not perfect. There are flaws. I do wonder how conference championship games fit into all this. But at the end of the day, the more that I do think about it, the more that I think it's probably best for college football, I love that the Oregons, the Oklahoma States, the Washingtons, the Utahs, the Cincinnati's, the Houston's, the schools that have historically had good programs will have access. I love that a group of five team like Appalachian State will get access as well. So I am pretty excited about it. Um, and I, I think I have come around on it. Where Aaron was right. Start to wrap the show. Um, so I was dead right on Herm Edwards. And listen, most people in the media were. But when he was hired, it was we all had the same thought. This guy's been out of coaching forever. He's been out of college football for close to 40 years. It makes no sense. Once he has the introductory press conference and then they start doing the thing of, oh, he's not really a head coach. He's more of a, a, de a delegator or whatever. We're like, this is not going to work. 
Well, fast forward to last Sunday, it did not work. It, it's funny because what's wild about the Herm Edwards thing, outside of the recruiting, outside of the um, you know stuff that happened in terms of uh, you know players coming to campus during the COVID period, Herm Edwards actually did the stuff that we thought he wasn't going to be able to do. He actually recruited at a pretty decent level. And that was probably because he just put other people in place and was kind of a figurehead. But recruiting was never the problem. It was ups, downs, peaks, flows, ebbs, valleys. I think peaks and valleys, ebbs and flows. You get the point, though. Peaks, valleys, ebbs, flows, up, down, on the field. It ended on Saturday with a loss to, to, to Eastern Michigan, and that was kind of the, the, the entire Herm Edwards tenure. He had some great wins. Remember, he knocked Oregon out of the college football playoff the year they had Justin, Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert and Oregon went to Arizona State two weeks left in the regular season. They win that game. They're going to the Pac-12 championship with a spot, with an opportunity to play to go to the playoff. They lose to Arizona State, but then he had way too many games like Eastern Michigan on Saturday. So I'm not surprised that Herm Edwards is gone. We all kind of saw this coming. We all thought it was a weird fit from the beginning. And now it is official, Herm Edwards out at Arizona State. Finally, where Aaron was wrong, let's go to my preseason NFL picks. And if you remember, I said... I think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to finish in last place in the AFC West, and I think they're going to miss the playoffs. But yeah, that's not looking too good right now. Kansas City is 2-0. They smacked Arizona in week one, took care of business at home against Justin Herbert. Ironically, we just talked about him in week two against the Chargers. Meanwhile, in their own division, Vegas is 0-2. The Broncos are a mess at 1-1, and uh, and it looks as though Kansas City has not missed a beat. Now, in my defense, I will say, that part of the reason I thought they'd take a step back was the difference making of Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill has been awesome in Miami. But at the same time, I don't think KC's going to miss the playoffs. I don't think KC's going to finish in last place in that division. And I do think they're pretty darn good. So where Aaron was wrong, maybe an all-timer, potentially. We'll see. Stay tuned. The Kansas City Chiefs taking a step back this year. All right, I think that's it for this episode of the Aaron Tour Sports Podcast. I do think it is time for me to get out of here. Before we do, I want to remind everybody, make sure – you are subscribed to the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast, Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Music, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure you're subscribed. Also, find the YouTube page. Your boy's now on video, looking handsomer than ever, even though I'm looking at myself right now and I need a haircut. Not going to lie, probably get a haircut on Friday. No big deal. Definitely needed it. But make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube page. Really does help this show grow there as well. Make sure you're following on social media, at Aaron underscore Torres on Twitter, at Aaron Torres Pod on Instagram. Aaron Torres podcast questions at gmail.com. Aaron Torres podcast questions at gmail.com. That is all for today's show. Appreciate your guys and girls support. Big things ahead, fun things ahead. Could not do it, cannot do it without you guys and girls. That's all for today's show. Shout out to Tor Craig. Shout out to Rachel who hates my voice. Shout out to JJ Reddick. You F head on block me, bro. I'll be back on Monday. New episode. Aaron Torres, Sports Podcast. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.